This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's Whitney. I wanted to take some time to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com. They're a national private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities. They do this with private accredited investor funds. They have a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and control over $250 million in equity from their investors. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easier for you to start investing in real estate without all the hassles. They even have an average 62% repeat investor rate in each offering they put together. They even have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to fix and flippers locally and across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. To help you learn more, they have put together a free passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download the PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Our guest is Mark Kinney. Thanks for being on the show, Mark. Whitney, uh, enjoy it for sure. One topic that is always asked about is, you know, how to connect with brokers, how to connect with sellers, you know, and what that should look like, especially getting started. And because right. uh, it's difficult, it's difficult, you know, brokers aren't, aren't going to want to talk to you if, if you've never done a deal before, or if you've, you know, if they've never heard your name before, you never closed a property possibly in that market, they're not going to give you much time. But, uh, but I know, you, you know, you've laid out some ways that, that are going to help us with that. I'm looking forward to jumping in. Thank you again. Yeah, it's a good question because we get asked the question all the time. So people, we also do like breakthrough sessions and people will fill in, Hey, I've listened to podcasts, read books, gone to events, all great things. Right. But they haven't done a deal. And, you know, to ask the audience a question, if they were selling a hundred plus unit deal and a brand new buyer that's never closed a deal before, especially syndicating a deal, right. They never done it before. Would you sell to them? And I think most people would say no. And we've been in a situation before where we're selling. There's no way I would ever sell to a first-time buyer. Now, if someone is overpaying, has cash, okay. Even then, it's risky because they might not. They, there are too many new things that could come up that they're not aware of. Because reading books and podcasts are great. But the reality is, until you get in there and do a deal, it's completely different. So when you're talking to brokers and you don't have a track record, so your first step really is you need to have a track record. If you don't have one, you need to go borrow one, you know, legitimately borrow one from somebody else. And it's a different discussion. If I call uh, you, you're a broker and I say, yeah, I'm you know, Mark Kenny and I'm, you know, new to a multifamily. And you're like, okay, I mean, yeah, you're being nice to me, but versus calling you and say, hey, I'm, I'm partnered up with, you know, partnered up with this guy, Whitney. He has, you know, 4,000 units in five states. We bought, you know, 18 deals last year. A total different discussion, instant credibility. It's not just uh, this works because people on our coaching program can leverage us as, as partners. And I can tell you the discussions they, they have with brokers are much, much different. They also get to leverage the same broker connections that we have. And then when you're looking at brokers and you're in a new location that you've never been in before, we have brokers that we know make introductions to new brokers in other, other locations. So that's kind of step one is, 
get a track record. If you don't have one, then you need to use somebody else's track record. All right. What's number two? Tip two is have your criteria clearly defined. This is something that I was horrible at when I first started. I, mean, I would look at, you know, from five units to 800 unit deals. Well, I couldn't do an 800 unit deal at the time. This just wasn't a reality. And a five unit deal I wasn't interested in. So why am I wasting time? So you're talking to brokers. It's very, it's good. One, they it shows that you have your act together. And two, they know what you're looking for. So if you say I'm looking for, you know, mid-80s construction, pitch roof, you know, 5,000-ish rehab, 100 plus units in these locations, you know, whatever I want to do, uh, a Fannie or Freddie, which means I have to be 90% or more occupancy for 90 days or more, those type of things. Have it clearly defined, written out, and where you can communicate it to uh, brokers directly. And it also helps them because now they know what you're looking for and they're not going to necessarily waste your time calling you up about deals that don't fit your criteria. All right. What's number three? Uh, Meet face to face. And, you know, you don't want to just hop on a plane every week because it's not, you know, productive and things like that. But if you have markets, you know, you probably, I don't know, you probably shouldn't be looking at probably more than, you know, two or three markets anyways that you're really, really considering just too many. But those ones you are considering or seriously considering, if you're local, you know, take the broker to, for coffee or lunch, uh, things like that. You just meet with them face to face. You're developing that that relationship. You know, we have a guy that in our coaching program that he literally lives in Israel, and he flew over to the states to Atlanta, spent I think it was like ten days there, and met with a bunch of brokers and property management companies and things like that. And the brokers and we these are brokers that we've done a lot of business with. They're like. Man, this guy is flying over from Israel. Man, he is serious. Now, you don't have to fly over, you know, from Israel, but reality is getting on a plane shows a time commitment and a financial commitment and that you're serious. So getting, you know, face-to-face with someone, people always say they want to do business, people they know, like, and trust. And you can develop that much faster face-to-face. It's just reality. Okay. So, so you're going to meet face-to-face. The importance of that's, uh, yeah, it's great. So what's next? Uh, step four is do your homework. And these aren't in any particular order. And, you know, reality is you can come up with a hundred steps, but do your homework. So understand the market a little bit. And generally speaking, if, if a property is listed, the broker is going to put together what's called an offering memorandum or an OM, which will have all the information, pictures and information about the submarket and the property, you know, it can be, 10 pages to 60 pages that can be a lot long. They spent a lot of time putting that together, right? So, you know, I had someone that I used to go on property tours with and literally would go to the property and this guy would say, well, how many units is this? And it's like, you know, <laughs> that's like the most basic question that <laughs> you don't ask the broker the question, read the offer memorandum or is it individually metered or, you know, if it has stuff in there that, you know, the roofs are new and things like that. You know, you have to memorize, you know, you don't have to memorize off memorandum, but there are some basic things. You're going to look a lot more credible talking to a broker and be able to rattle stuff off yourself. Understand the roofs are two years old. Understand it has, you know, uh, aluminum wiring. Understand that, you know, parking lots were done. Those things that you can rattle off shows that, hey, I'm, I'm serious. I spent the time. I did my homework. And it's just going to give you more credibility with brokers. Yeah, or definitely for you to meet face to face. All right. Yeah. The five is do what you say you're going to do. It might sound, well, that's kind of basic, right? Well, reality is people don't do things on a common, commonly where they <laughs> they say they're going to do something. Now, don't do something if it doesn't make sense anymore. You know what I mean? But if you say, well, hey, I'm going to I'm going to meet with you or I'm going to, 
put an offer in and, you know, those type of things. People, you want to be known as, you know, a man of your word, a woman of your word, and that you're not, you know, being wishy-washy because you're going to get one chance or maybe two chances with these brokers. You screw up once, they might blackball you. You screw up twice, you're pretty much done with that broker. And it's a small world. People talk to each other. So, and when you're dealing with sellers, you know, when you, you commit to something, even if you commit something verbally, okay, it's not legally binding, right? You could say, well, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. If you commit to something verbally, then you need to follow through and commit to that and be willing to put it in writing and things like that as well. Okay. Yeah. And that's, I mean, golden rule, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Golden yeah. rule. Do what you say you're going to do. And and if you commit, be willing to put it in writing. Right. That's great advice. All right. What's number six? Uh, don't retrade. I'll explain what that is in a second, unless it's absolutely necessary. So retrade is, let's say, Whitney, you're selling a property to me. I, I put a price, you know, I put an offer in seven million, and then we get the contract, seven million. And then at some point in time, uh, typically it's going to be related to price, but you can retrade other terms if you wanted to. But it's now after the contract's been signed by both of us, it's fully executed. I say, Whitney, you know what? Uh, we did due diligence and there's more stuff there than I thought. And I want a $300,000 credit. And you say, well, you're going to have some sort of reaction. Now, there is a time. I know some people say, oh, we, we never, ever retrade. Well, you know what? That's kind of a ridiculous statement too, in my mind. Either you're buying newer assets where you don't have as many things that could go wrong with it, or you're pulling out, or you're actually buying a property you're overpaying for, reality. So there are times. So if you go to a property and you see, you know, you get the the lines, plumbing line scoped, and there's, this happened to us, right? There was a $110,000 collapse line uh, below uh, two buildings. Well, how do we know that? It wasn't disclosed to us. We didn't know that ahead of time. Any other buyer coming in is going to find the exact same thing if they scope the lines. So that's legitimate and say, well, you know what? Now, if your deal, uh, if it's something like the parking lot needs to be redone or needs to be painted. And I know an example where someone actually, bigger deal, and they wanted, uh, they were going under contract, went under contract, and they came back and said, well, after our due diligence, we found out that we need to paint the building, $70,000 to paint the building. How would you not know that when you looked at the property before you went under a contract? So don't go back on things that you should have been able to see at a time or that were disclosed to you. It is okay, not ideal. Now, if you come back and you say, well, uh, you know, it's a $10 million deal and we found $50,000 of extra stuff that we didn't plan on it, you have to make a determination. I would say eat it. Your deal is going to, I mean, if your deal doesn't work $50,000 and $10 million deal, then you're probably too tight on your underwriting to begin with. But in that case, I would eat it. We've done this before where it's like, hey, you know what? It's not worth it. One, rather be known in the industry for not retrading by by brokers and sellers. Now, if it comes back and you're like, hey, this deal just doesn't work anymore. Like literally, we have this much more of rehab that we never could have known that the plumbing and roof and whatever might be electrical needs to be redone. And we, in order for it to work, we need a credit. And if not, we understand, but we need a credit. Um, so be very cautiously in my mind on doing this. So don't don't feel like that the seller is winning or getting something up on you because you're paying an extra fifty thousand dollars for it. Um, you have to make your own personal decision on that. What is Agent Ignite? 
Are you wondering how you can make more money and create a competitive advantage for yourself and your clients in this ever-competitive real estate industry? Agent Ignite is the key to furthering your knowledge, establishing your expertise, and positioning yourself as a go-to expert. They deliver new and relevant knowledge so you can expand your clientele, close more deals, and ultimately increase income. Each month features a new guest speaker who will deliver on what is most relevant for your business. As a member of DMAR's Market Trends Committee, an avid champion for building wealth through real estate, and a self-proclaimed data geek, Nicole will share market trends and commentary that will add value to you and your clients. Staying up to date on industry statistics coupled with niche topics delivered by industry experts will help you motivate your buyers and sellers and make you more money. Sign up for the next Agent Ignite session at theruthteam.com slash events. That's T-H-E-R-U-E-T-H team.com forward slash events. Our guest is Alex Olson. Thanks for being on the show, Alex. Hey, how you doing? Doing great. Almost all of our deals have come through a broker, you know, and so those relationships are so important, right? I mean, they are to us and they are to any buyer in real estate, right? So let's talk about that. You talked about it being an art and a science. Get us started there when thinking through that relationship and how to get the attention of that broker. I'll talk a little bit about some of the mistakes a investor will make coming into any market that they're looking at, maybe it's even an existing market. And that's taking the approach that you as an investor are... I would say smarter, but you know exactly what you're looking for. You know what you've got on your plate. You know what you need. I only need two seconds with this broker. I'll tell him what I need and he'll find it for me. Well, that's not quite the way the world works. It's based on trust. And so the key to getting a broker's attention is coming into the market, coming into your place and saying, hey, look, Mr. or Mrs. Broker, I really have a need for filling my pipeline, but I need you to help me fill the pipeline because that's what brokers are. We help people. And then from a broker side, the broker's going to go, okay, well, is this person real? Are they a tire kicker? Because everybody on the broker side is paid with their time. And so you talk to the buyer and what oftentimes you comes to find out is the buyers doesn't have a pre-approval letter. They don't have a track record. They just want to get on your hot list like everybody else, but there's no real incentive for the broker. And so coming into the market, the number one thing you got to have is a pre-approval letter from a financial institution. Now, you don't need to have that day one, but you need to come to the broker and say, hey, look, I need you to help me find a local bank because we can actually close on deals. I just need a local bank. Okay, boom, that's something I can help you out with. Number two, I know a little bit about your market, whether it's San Antonio or Kansas City or wherever. I'm a buyer and I know a little bit about your market and here's what I know about it. And so that tells the broker two things. One, they know that they've got to have financing and that they are prepared to get it. And two, they've actually spent 10 minutes or five minutes researching that market. Without that, the broker is going to go on to somebody else that has proven those things, whether it's a past relationship or somebody that's got a (laughs) 1031 exchange, whatever the case may be. And I think so often an investor just thinks they can get on somebody's hot list, which is fine. You know, I don't have a problem building a long-term relationship with anybody, but you know, if you want that attention, that I need attention now, that's the two places to start. Now, that's some great advice. And I wanted to ask you if you would elaborate on 
maybe the difference in, let's say, an experienced investor coming into a new market and creating that relationship versus a newbie, you know, or somebody like this is their first deal and talking to that broker and going through the same things. Obviously, you know, if we've done a hundred million in real estate, it's not going to be hard to get on a pre-approval letter, those things, or is that needed at that time? If you can show, you know, a broker in a brand new market, first time relationship, however, you have hundreds of millions, you know, in real estate, are the same things needed? Yes. There's a lot to be said, obviously, about experience. We all know that experience is is great to have. And I don't know every top buyer in the Kansas City market. I don't know every top buyer coming out of state or wherever, any other market. But you as an investor, you can have, obviously, your investor bio is a great thing to include when speaking to an agent saying, hey, look, here's kind of our tear sheet or here's what we've done in the past. Here's our success stories those kind of things. So the broker gets an understanding of, okay, this person's bought some stuff recently. They didn't stop buying in 2012 and expect an eight cap. Some of those things are important. So it doesn't have to necessarily be the exact same, but I would definitely recommend, yeah, you've got to have a tear sheet or some kind of investor bio that's there. And then also having general requirements of what you're looking for and how you operate helps the broker know, again, it's a trust thing. Okay, this person knows what they're doing. This person is going to be a good fit for this market because there's a lot of people that aren't a good fit for Kansas City or Dallas or Nashville, but they might be a great fit for Detroit or Cleveland or something like that. And a broker can kind of help steer you that way if you've built some trust with them. And maybe it doesn't work out, maybe it does. So that's the experienced investor sheet. And then even if you're on the inexperienced side, you still should have some kind of bio about yourself. You know, hey, I'm at a tech firm for 10 years and I'm an investor. Even though you haven't invested a dime, you're still an investor because you've committed to the trade. So having something available is really going to create trust. Say, hey, look, this person's put time and effort into it. And so me as a broker, I know, okay, this person's put time and effort into it. They can speak some of the lingo, but hey, they're also looking for help. And I can provide that help. That's where I add value. You know, I can help you. If you don't need my help, then why are you talking to me? So that's the way I look at the situation and both sides of the equation, very experienced versus not experienced. You need to have a bio and some kind of proven history or at least proven mentality that you're going to take down real estate transactions. So how did, as a broker, like you know who your top buyers are, like you just said, I mean, you're evaluating that when you have that conversation, right? You're seeing who can definitely close, who can definitely raise the money, who's been pre-approved, who understands the market, maybe you've worked with them before. And maybe outside of closing a deal with someone before numerous times, because obviously that builds a ton of confidence. But so the person that's coming in brand new, if they were all in the same slate here, how did the top one or two buyers become the top one or two buyers on your list? It starts with, you know, looking at, okay, this particular buyer, they talked to me two or three times. They liked what the market had. And I'm being frank and honest and candid here. They didn't complain about cap rates. They didn't complain about IRR. They said, okay, it's my criteria. And that's what it's about is, are you a right fit for the market as it is now? And obviously now is a moving target, right? I mean, it's always changing. And so once a buyer commits to you know, okay, yep, this is me. I'm ready to go. Let's get this thing done. That's where you kind of go, okay, this person's a good buyer. I'm going to do more and more deals with this person because they took the aggressive approach to it. Maybe it wasn't the perfect, you know, so many investors come in looking for the unicorn and maybe it wasn't the perfect investment, but 
they were willing to take the time. And to answer your question further, there's a lot of feedback going on in that, right? I'm sending them a deal or two, or maybe they're already on my top 10 list in terms of here's the top 10 deals available at any given moment. And okay, so here's 10. I send you two or three I think you like. You're coming back to me asking me questions about it. Maybe you're saying, you know, this isn't the right fit because it's A, B, or C. Maybe you're putting in an offer. It's that kind of relationship of, you know, you didn't just go dark on me and, and I haven't heard from you in three weeks or three months. You actually kept up the conversation. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day. 